Well, here we are once again at the kitchen table for part two of chapter three of Philippians from the New Living Translation. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me here. This is Arctic Eric, and you have found the podcast, Fika with Arctic Eric, where we celebrate the freedom in Christ that's available to us always. That's right, all the time. That freedom to know him more deeply, intimately, and personally. The freedom to be led by the person of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to share Christ with others. Okay, this is part two, chapter three, Philippians from the New Living Translation, beginning at verse five. Before we do that, though, let me put us into remembrance of what we concluded with in part one. Paul is making a very interesting statement. He said that we're relying on what Christ has done for us We put no confidence in human effort. Paul declares that he could have confidence in his own effort if any of us could, or if anyone could have. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Isn't it glorious that it's not a competition that we're in between one another? We're not even in competition with God particularly. No, it's not about Paul's effort, nor is it about our effort. But Paul goes into his pedigree. He declares, starting in verse 5, this is part 2. We're looking at chapter 3 of Philippians here. This is uh, Fika with Arctic Eric, as you know. And beginning here at verse 5, Paul is declaring that he was circumcised on the eighth day. Obviously, that was not his decision. It was the decision of his parents in line with their religion. He declares, again, none of his doing, that he was a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. He goes on to say, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. Again, all of those things he had very little to do with. But then he goes on to declare that he was a member of the Pharisees and that they demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. You know, when we think about that, we can see that Paul had a powerful will. He willed to be obedient to the Jewish law. And many of us are exercising our will to be obedient to law-keeping. But let's see how Paul ends up looking at this. He goes on to say, I was not only obedient to this strictest pharisaical adherence to the Jewish law, but he said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. Now, that's how his law-keeping manifested itself in persecution. And we see that today among different groups, that their law-keeping persecutes others in the church. May God help us to not do that. He goes on to say, And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Think about that. He exercised his free will to obey his understanding of the law according to the pharisaical view, and he did it without fault. That meant that those around him who were also rule keeper, law keepers, 
could congratulate him that he had so successfully exercised his free will to be a law keeper and to express that through persecuting the church, that they would declare he's without fault, just as he declared himself in terms of that rule-keeping system. But what happens, and I hope this happens to every rule-keeper that hears this chat here at the kitchen table, I hope that all of us, particularly those of us who unfortunately are trapped more or less into rule-keeping, Paul declares in verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable. Listen, there's many things in our lives that we place value on that are extra-biblical. They're beyond being justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, and they have to do with keeping the rules. But he says this, Again, I thought this stuff was valuable. I thought all of this was important. I gave it my everything. But now, this is Paul. We're talking about a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew if ever there was one, a Pharisee, a law keeper. He said, but now I consider all of that worthless, scrap, garbage. What? Because of what Christ Jesus has done. Listen, it's not about what you and I do. Oh, may God deliver us into the realm of standing in his amazing, amazing act of grace for the believer. Read Romans 5, 2. In verse 1, of course, we're told that we're justified by faith. And in verse 2, it says, get inside the grace and stand in that active grace for the believer, which is God's ability, God's power, and God's strength to accomplish everything he begins. That's grace for the believer. May we never shun that grace by taking on rule-keeping, law-keeping, to satisfy ourselves or to satisfy others. What satisfies God is what Christ Jesus has done on the cross. Verse 8, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing intimate, deeply, and personally Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's a comparison. Listen, there's been good things in my life and in your life in a religious context, but compared to knowing Christ, they're pale. They're almost insignificant. Paul goes on to say, for this sake, for Christ's sake, in order to have this infinite value of intimately knowing Christ, and Christ, I've discarded, I've cast away, I've thrown everything else away, counting it as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Oh, Lord. You say, well, I am one with him through the new birth. Yes, you are. That's, that's the start of the race. That is the beginning of the grace race. Trusting Christ puts you into an eternal race, which he desires to complete without my help and your help, without the help of rule keeping. He says, I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. It's not about our good works for God. It's about a good God who does his work in and through us in accordance 
with his word. He says, rather than uh, getting righteousness through obeying the law, I become righteous. Listen to that. I become righteous. How? Through a new set of rules? Through New Testament rule keeping? No. Through a free will exercising of faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ alone, based upon Scripture alone, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and undergirded by God's amazing transforming grace. So we become, as he declares, righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself, get a hold of this, come on, Holy Spirit, help us to see that God's way of making us right with himself depends upon faith and faith alone. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the faithful Christ. Faith in the one who is filled with grace upon grace. Faith in this Lord and King and Savior who desires to rule and reign in your life and my life as we continually capitulate, as God continually pours out his goodness upon us, bringing us to continually repent, which is simply turn away from that that is displeasing and turning back to God, who is the very source of life and his son, who is the eternal life, the eternal life giver. Jesus Christ. Well, listen, it's been fun being here at the kitchen table with you yet again for part two of Philippians from the New Living Translation. Listen, I want to say God bless you with his absolute best, that being that his good, perfect, and acceptable will be done in your life and through your life today. Good day.